Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. And uh, I do encourage you to fill out our listener survey, survey.greatdetectives.net. Well, we launch a new series today uh, called Call the Police. Uh, and Call the Police was, uh, and this will also be something it has in common with the next show we're going to do, A Life in Your Hands. It was a summer replacement show. Not only was it a summer replacement show, it was a summer replacement show uh, that uh, aired uh, th- in three different summers. The first series featured Joseph Julian in the lead, playing uh, police detective Bill Grant. Uh, and uh, he's a veteran character actor. Character Bill Grant, kind of a typical uh, detective, but in this case he holds the rank and position of police commissioner in a not-too-big city. Joan Tompkins plays a police psychologist, and uh, we're going to get into the first episode. It aired on... Uh, June 3rd of 1947. Uh, before we do get started, I do want to encourage you, if you've not already, to pick up your copy of All I Needed to Know, I Learned from Columbo. Uh, in uh, this ebook, we take a look at the careers of seven fictional detectives and what life lessons can be garnered from their uh, lives and history. We have a lot of fun. Uh, we've uh, writing this, and uh, it is available to you to read for the Kindle, for the Nook, for the iPad, and if you have another e-reader, you can purchase a copy at smashwords.com. All right, well, let's get into today's episode of Call the Police, The Porter Case. Rinso presents Call the Police. Attention, Homicide Department, Flying Squad Detail. Murder suspect in your zone. Close in according to instructions. Between you and the evil outside the law, between you and the housebreaker, the kidnapper, the murderer, stands the policeman of your community. He gives up his sleep that you may sleep unafraid. He gives up his safety that you may be safe. And if need be, he gives up his very life to protect yours. The Lever Brothers Company, makers of Triple Action Rinso, bring you Call the Police, a new series of realistic radio dramas inspired by the courageous work of police departments all over America. This is Police Commissioner Bill Grant. In the files of the Ashland Police Headquarters, 
There are thousands of different case histories. The one I just came across is listed as number 36-99. I remember that as the Porter case. That all started in a little place just outside of the city, a dog kennel run by a man named Porter. One rainy spring morning, a 1932 Packard touring car drove up to the Porter house, and two men got out. Morning. Porter? Yes, I'm Mr. Porter. My name's Bliss. This is Mr. Langford. How do you do, Mr. Bliss? Mr. Langford? Nice little place you got here, Porter. I'll raise the finest dogs in this county. That's so? As a matter of fact, we uh, just got a new litter of Airedales. Uh, make you a good price. Funny coincidence, Porter. We got a little information, and we're going to make you a good price. What are you talking about? $50,000. And you better grab it at the price, pal. The kind of stuff we're marketing can jump 10000 bucks overnight. Now, what are you trying to sell me? Like I said, information. Nothing I want to know that's worth $50,000. Yeah, but there's something we don't think you'd want other people to know. Is this a joke? I doubt if your wife would see it that way. What's my wife got to do with this? Plenty, Mr. Porter. Plenty. Why, this is some kind of lousy blackmail oh, Mr. racket. Mr. Porter, please. Look, Porter. Langford and me are registered at the Rex Hotel. And we ain't going to breathe a word to a soul if you drop in on us before midnight tonight. With uh, 50 grand. I haven't got that kind of money, and if I did have, you wouldn't get it. Your wife's got $50,000 in her own name. And don't kid yourself that we ain't going to get it. As I got the story from Porter, he didn't know how to broach the subject to his wife. It wasn't until he finished his third cup of coffee that he worked up enough courage to say, Ginny. Yes, dear? I've never asked you any questions about your past. No, Eric. We've had kind of a silent agreement to let bygones be bygones. But I, I have to ask you now. What, what do you want to know? Do the names Langford and Bliss mean anything to you? Bliss? Langford? No, Eric. Are you sure? What do you mean, am I sure? No, please, Jenny, I, I've never asked about your past until now, but Bliss and Langford are forcing my hand. How? They want money. Lots of money. Every cent you have in the bank. For what? Blackmail. Well, Jenny. All right, Eric. I've, I've been in jail. I didn't tell you about it before because I never dreamed you'd have to find out. I, I moved to another town and changed my name. Then how could they have found you here? There's a photograph of me in the police lineup. I've tried for years to get hold of it, but I couldn't. So that's what Bliss and Langford are trying to sell for $50,000. Jeannie, I know where they're stopping. I'll give them a chance to listen to reason. People like that never listen to reason. Then I'll take matters in my own hands. At, huh? Yes, Mildred? Uh, Miss Porter, I want to get the breakfast dishes. I hope the cream wasn't sour, Miss Porter, but that milkman never comes when he's supposed to. How and... long have you been standing in that door, Mildred? Just for a second, Mrs. Porter. You heard what we were saying, didn't you, Mildred? No, Mr. Porter. You sure? Yes, Mr. Porter. I didn't hear a single solitary word. The maid's name was Mildred Connors. She'd been in the Porter's employ for over a year. And she wasn't the kind of a girl to let grass grow under her feet. 
Ninety minutes later, she had persuaded Sergeant Maggio that her business was urgent, and she was in my office. And their names are Bliss and Langford, Commissioner. Uh-huh. And you heard Porter say that he was going to kill them, is that it? Not in so many words, but that's what he meant. Well, what did he say, Miss Connors? He said, uh, he said that if they wouldn't listen to reason, he'd, uh, uh... Oh, yes, he said he'd take matters in his own hands. Uh-huh. I see. Well, it scared me to death. When I walked into the room, I started talking about something else right away. And when they asked me what I'd heard, I said I hadn't heard a thing. Why? It's dangerous to know too much. Mm-hmm. All right, just keep this to yourself, Miss Connors, and I'll get in touch with you. You can depend on me, Commissioner. I came right straight here. I thought it was the safest thing to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, Miss Connors. Yes? The safest thing is not to listen outside of doors. Why, why, I... I'll get in touch with you, Miss Connors. Plus for me, Commissioner? Uh, yes, Maggio. I want you to give every hotel in town a check. Yeah, what name? Two of them. Bliss and Langford. Bliss and Langford. Okay. Say, she wasn't bad, huh? Huh? Who? That dame that just came out of here. You mean you didn't notice her? Would you believe it? I didn't. Oh, ease up, Commissioner. Ease up. I'll ease up, Maggio, when I've learned all the tricks of this police commissioner job they just handed me. Could be better than the Marines, eh, Commissioner? Maybe it was nicer when we were stuck on Saipan with nothing to do but drink sake and duck Jap mortars. I don't know, Maggio. It's a tough routine. But on the other hand, it has its satisfactions. Oh, that reminds me. One of the satisfactions is waiting outside. Oh. That beautiful little thing that works down in the criminal psychology department. Oh, Libby Tyler? Who else? Tell her to come in. Okay. I'll check on Bliss and Langford. You can come in, Miss Tyler. Thanks, Sergeant. Well, morning, Commissioner. Hiya, Libby. Sit down. Thanks. How are things in the criminal psychology department? Uh, good enough for me to tell you that she's an overt hysteric. Who is? The girl who just walked out of here. What exactly does that mean, an overt hysteric? Among other things, it means I wouldn't trust a word she says. Well, she just said a lot of words, Libby. She told me that Eric Porter had threatened to kill a couple of men who were trying to blackmail his wife. I bought my spaniel puppy from Mr. and Mrs. Porter, and I can tell you right now that neither one of them is psychologically equipped for murder. But, Libby... As a matter of fact, I wouldn't be surprised if you found that the blackmailers she told you about are totally non-existent. Oh, excuse me, Miss Tyler. I've located a Ralph Langford registered at the Rex Hotel, Commissioner. Oh, yeah? Room uh, 809. Thanks, Sarge. Well, Libby, how would you like to come along with me and have a look at a totally non-existent blackmailer in the flesh? This whistle means suspicious characters at 8th and Elm. But this whistle... Of course, that's Rinso White and Rinso Bright. Till I tried Rinso, I never dreamed a wash could be so dazzling. Just look at my linens. They're like snow. And all my washable colored things are so bright and fresh, yet I've washed many of them dozens of times. Well, ma'am, there's a reason for Rinso's top results. You see, Rinso has a triple-action formula that gives you a special soapy-rich base, an amazing suds booster, and a marvelous grease chaser. Rinso's soapy-rich base makes deep-driving suds that get out stubborn dirt fast. Rinso's suds booster means heaps of suds, even in hard water. And Rinso's grease chaser goes after grease and grime, helps prevent yellowing of clothes, yet is easy on hands. So ask for Rinso for a dazzling wash 
A wash that's... Rinse-O White and Rinse-O Bright. When Libby and I got to the Rex Hotel, we checked at the desk and found Langford was in. We walked up two flights and knocked. Langford! Langford, open up! I want to talk to you. Try the knob. It's open. Come on, let's go in. Oh, there he is, Bill. Yeah, having himself a card game. Sorry to interrupt your solitaire, Mr. Lankford. Look, he's got the ace of diamonds in his hand and the king's open. He's missing a big chance. He's going to keep right on missing it. What? Take a look at his face, Libby. Mr. Lankford is dead. The man sat there with a dazed grin of pain on his face. When I touched him... Toppled sideways out of the chair. There was a powder-burned bullet hole right under his left ear. Oh, Bill, how awful. You know, Libby, the maid told me a straight story. What are you looking for? Letters, photographs. Mildred Connor said Lankford was blackmailing Mrs. Porter. I didn't get a line on whatever it was he was holding over her head. Wouldn't the murderer have taken it, Bill? Maybe he couldn't find it. Where could it be? In the desk here... Girl, maybe in the suitcase. There's a closet right by the bed. I'll take a look in there. You know, Dr. Holzbein, the Viennese psychologist, says that the personality of settled people like the Porters is simply not compatible with murder. You better write Dr. Holzbein and tell him to think it over, Libby. What do you mean? Look who's here in the closet. Libby's jaw dropped a foot when she saw Mrs. Porter step out of the closet. Naturally, Mrs. Porter protested her innocence to the housetops, but we took her in anyway. Twenty minutes later at headquarters. Yes, Commissioner? Maggio, I don't want to be interrupted until I buzz you back. Okay, Commissioner. Now then, Mrs. Porter, let's have it. I've told you, Commissioner Grant, I've told you twice, just the way it was. You walked into Langford's room at the Rex and found him sitting there dead. Is that it? You've got to believe me. And then you heard Miss Tyler and me at the door and you ran into the closet. Why? I knew I'd look guilty being there. Mrs. Porter, I'm afraid you've got a servant problem. Servant problem? What do you mean? I've had the same maid for over a year. Mm-hmm. Her name's Mildred Connors, isn't it? How did you know that? Look, Mrs. Porter, Langford was murdered around 11 o'clock this morning. A few minutes before 11, Mildred Connors walked into this office and told me that you and your husband were discussing the fact that two men, Langford and Bliss, were trying to squeeze you for blackmail. She, she told you that? And she specifically heard your husband say that if the blackmailers didn't listen to reason... He'd take matters into his own hands. No. Is it possible, Mrs. Porter, that your husband got to the wrecks before you did? That you found Langford dead because your husband killed him? No. No, it's not possible. Why not? Because I killed him. You want to sign that? Yes. What did you do with the gun? I threw it out the window. Into the courtyard of the wrecks? That's right. Yes? Maggio speaking, Commissioner. Somebody here to I speak. said I didn't want to be interrupted. Well, tell him to wait. I just got a confession out of his wife. You're kidding. Why? I just got a confession out of him. What? He says he killed Langford. Commissioner Grant. Eric, what are you doing here? I walked into Langford's room at five minutes after 11 this morning, Commissioner. No, I... you mustn't believe him. It's no use, Jenny. I did it. He's lying. I did it, I tell you. Commissioner, I insist that you release my wife no, at once. No, I'll... I won't listen. Take it I easy, can't... Mrs. Porter. Take it easy now. Nobody is guilty yet. We just have to hold somebody for the record. And it might as well be your husband. Take him, Maggio.
Eat your lunch, Bill. I'm not hungry. Too much breakfast? Too many confessions. Uh, it's hard to know which one of them is telling the truth. I don't know. Have you thought that maybe neither one of them is? Yeah. Still, we found Mrs. Porter on the scene of the crime. And you let her go? Not far, Libby. Is she being followed? Naturally. Besides, I can't be too definite about any of this until we find the murder weapon. Any idea where it can be? Mrs. Porter says she threw it out of the window of Blankford's room. So? So Maggio's detailed a few of the boys to have a look for themselves. And if they find the gun? We let Porter go, wrap up his wife for murder. Hey, Commissioner. Oh, Maggio, have a cup of coffee? No, but I could use a bottle of aspirin. What's the matter? I just heard from the boys. Yeah? There's a closed courtyard at the Rex, Commissioner. There's an iron door that hasn't been opened since six this morning. Anything thrown into that court from six on would have to still be there. Well? The boys went over every inch of it. No gun? No gun. Hmm. And that's it. That's what, Bill? Mrs. Porter was lying to shield her husband. And you think he murdered Langford? I think he probably loves his wife, Libby. I think that he probably figured that she would kill Langford if he didn't beat her to it. Is this the go-ahead, Commissioner? Yeah. We'll get back to the office and indict Porter for murder. Hello, Miguelesco's lunchroom. Just a minute. It's for you, Commissioner. Oh, okay, Mike. Thanks. Hello. This is Mrs. Porter. Yes? I want you to release my husband at once, Commissioner. We've been all over this before, Mrs. Porter. Yes, but we haven't been over this. What time was Langford murdered? Sometime between 10.30 and a little after 11. It couldn't have been later or earlier. Only by a few minutes, one way or the other. Good. I want you to call Judge Hartley in the Chamber of Commerce building. Why? Because he'll tell you that my husband was there with him from 9 o'clock this morning until noon. Well, Maggio? Uh, I just let Porter go. The alibi checked? Tight as a new pair of shoes. First Mrs. Porter's guilty, then Mr. Porter's guilty. And all of a sudden, neither one of them's guilty, and we're holding nobody. Well, stop pacing. Uh, it's a wonder I ain't out cutting paper dolls. I'm going outside where I can pace in peace. I know just how he feels. I don't. What do you mean? I'm not surprised at all. Oh, Libby. Face the facts, Bill. No two people who try to confess to a crime in order to protect each other are very likely murder suspects. Well, whom should we suspect, Libby? The city council? We should suspect the only one true criminal type left in the picture. You mean Bliss? Yes. Langford's pal. Nobody thinks of him. I've had a squad out looking for Bliss since 11.30 this morning, Libby. Oh. Well, I was wondering why... Yes. Maggio, guess who's here, Commissioner? Who? Bliss. Who brought him in? Nobody. He came in on his own steam. Send him in. Looks like we have a caller, Libby. Commissioner? Bliss? Yeah, I want to see you. I've been wanting to see you. As I understand it, you drove into the Porter Kennels this morning with a $50,000 blackmail proposition. Is that right? Langford talked me into it. He said it was going to be easy money. Didn't turn out to be so easy for him, did it? You can say that again. And you're afraid you'll be next? That's the idea. What do you want me to do about it? I got the evidence we was going to use to blackmail the Porters over in my room. And you're willing to let it go for less than $50,000? I'm willing to let it go for nothing. I want to turn it over to you fast so you can tell the killer, whoever it is, that I'm out of business. Okay, Mr. Bliss. It's a deal.
This is my room here, Commissioner. Dark. Oh, it's on a two-by-four air shaft, lady. Come on, Matt, Joe. Hey, how about some lights, huh? Wait till I strike a match. I ain't been here long enough to find the switch by hand. The slugs cut Bliss down so fast, the match in his fingers was still lit when he hit the floor. I grabbed for the light switch, but before I could get it, the killer was out of the window. And Maggio was after him down the fire escape. Libby found the switch, and together we bent over the body. Who could have done it, Bill? Somebody we know, Libby, looking for something they don't want anybody else to see. The blackmail evidence. What else? You think they took it? Maybe they took it, and maybe they burned it. What do you mean, Bill? The ashes in this fireplace are still warm. Notice? Oh. Um, empty that pitcher into the washstand, will you? Why? Go on, go on. Okay. Now, give it to me. Thanks. Anything else I can do? Yes. You can help me see to it that Bliss's death doesn't break print for 24 hours. Why? Reasons. Oh. Are there reasons for you to be putting those ashes into that pitcher, Bill? Mm-hmm. I want to take them back to the laboratory for the boys to play with. How much can they tell you? I don't know exactly. But I'll have the report tomorrow morning. I didn't see Maggio until the next day. Whoever went out of that window at Bliss's place had led him a wild goose chase that landed him nowhere. When he walked into my office, he looked a little worn. Oh, Commissioner... This thing's got me punch drunk. Is that so? Yeah, what are you feeling so good about? What's this stuff in the box here? Ashes. Ashes? Yes, Sergeant, ashes. Looks like whoever murdered our two blackmailers burned the evidence in the fireplace at Bliss's just before we walked in yesterday. Uh, and then we're through. Unless they're copies of that evidence. Well, do you think they are? I don't know. But the other side doesn't know either. Maggio, give me that pad. Yeah. What are you writing? An item for the personal column. There we are. Notice. Mr. Bliss, your photostats are ready. Put that in the noon edition. Oh, I get it. You figure they'll come looking for the photostats. Why shouldn't they? After two murders, they wouldn't want any loose copies kicking around. But this ad ain't got no address, Commissioner. What about it? Well, there's a half a dozen places in town that make photostats. Whoever is sufficiently interested, Maggio, will make all the rounds. Oh, and all we gotta do is be in half a dozen places at once, huh? No, we'll just pick one of the half dozen places and wait. Old man Schmidt, for instance, he's got a nice back room over at his photostatic service. And he's also sharp enough to understand an angle. I see. So I'll tell you what. I'll meet you there at 12.30. And Maggio, bring along a deck of cards. When we got to Schmidt's photostatic shop, we primed the old man, and then we played cards stashed in the back room where we could have a full view of the proceedings. At 2.14, the door opened, and who walked in but Mrs. Porter? I've come for the photostats, Mr. Schmidt. Photostats? Yes. Mr. Bliss sent me. Oh, yes, Mr. Bliss. May I have them, please? Well, now, I'm afraid I can't give them to you without a note from Mr. Bliss. But you've got to... I mean, would it be all right if I could describe the contents? Yes, after all, if you know what they are, Mr. Bliss has probably taken you into his confidence. It's a photograph, a police photograph of the lineup in Detroit, Michigan. There's a woman in a white dress, third from the left. I see. May I have it now, please? Uh, I'm afraid not. 
But you said if I could describe the contents... But you haven't, my dear woman. I don't have a photostat of any such photograph. Oh. However, there are a couple of gentlemen in the back room who would like to talk to you. Well... Mrs. Porter saw us sitting in that back room. She was petrified. But when we explained the operation to her, she calmed down a little. And then, not ten minutes later, the door opened again. And in came another customer for the non-existent photostats. Ah, and you say Mr. Bliss sent you? Yes, he said I should pick him up for him. Mm-hmm. Well, now, could you describe the contents? You've seen them yourself? I had to, my dear. I made the copies. Well... Well, then, then you know. Uh, I, I'm the girl Mr. Porter wrote the letters to. I'm Mildred Connors. I see. And what is the nature of the letters, Miss Connors? Do I have to go into that? Well, if you want the photostats, uh, otherwise okay, I might... Okay, okay. They're love letters. We, Mr. Porter and I, were planning to run away together. Correct? Correct. There you are. Stay in this envelope. Thanks. And now I've got something for you. Hey! Put that gun away. I can't help myself, Mr. Smith. <laughs> you made me describe the letters, and now you know too much. You, you wouldn't kill me in cold blood? I'm afraid I have to. You know as much as either Bliss or Langford knew, and I had to kill them. All right, Mr. Schmidt, back into that room. Grab her, Maggio. What is this? Let me go. No, Miss Connors, I'm afraid we're going to have to hold you what? on a charge of murder. I'm awfully proud of you, Bill. Oh, that was a walk away, Libby. But how did Mr. Schmidt know that Mrs. Porter's description of the photostats was wrong? Because Mrs. Porter was describing a photograph, and the lab report showed there was no trace of emulsion in those ashes. Oh, I see. see. Poor thing. She thought Bliss and Langford had that picture of her all the time. Sure. Her husband saw to that. He played on her guilt to make her think the blackmailers were hounding her instead of him and his Mildred. That was a great trick of his, confessing to the murder. He's a slick customer. He knew he was safe. He was certain somebody would establish that alibi of his before we went on trial. Well, I must admit he fooled me a little. That's okay. You're looking awfully pretty tonight, Libby. Well, thank you, sir. Anybody who's as pretty as you are, young lady, doesn't have to be right all the time. Well, thank you. Well, what do you mean, Bill Grant? I was right from the start. You were? Of course. I I said in the first place that Mildred was an overt hysteric, which implies psychologically that she's capable of pulling a trigger. And you see, she committed both the murders. Whereas Mr. Porter is psychologically completely innocent. Libby, Porter is legally guilty as an accomplice. Now, Bill, you've got to admit I'm right or... Or you'll spoil my dinner. Okay, okay, I admit it. Mildred's an obvious case. She's a very pretty girl. And very pretty girls this day and age get away with murder. Yes, sweetheart, they certainly do. Police Commissioner Bill Grant will be back in just a moment with the Lever Brothers Police Award of Valor. But first... Rinseau White and Rinseau Bright. Rinseau gives a dazzling wash every time. But you know, ladies, a smart detective checks his sources of information. 
And maybe you'd like to know how I'm so sure Rinso's tops. I, for one, would, Mr. Sims. Where do you get your information? From two authoritative sources. One from the fact that millions of American women prove their preference for Rinso by asking for it time after time. Two, from the fact that only Rinso has the recommendation of the makers of 33 leading washers. And no wonder, for Rinso's triple action formula contains a special soapy-rich base, an amazing suds booster, and a marvelous grease chaser. So you can be sure Rinso will give you dazzling results. A Rinso white wash. With ease. A Rinso bright wash. With safety. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Commissioner Grant. It gives me a great deal of pleasure to present the Lever Brothers Award of Valor to an outstanding policeman and the Lever Brothers Plaque of Honor to his police department, selected by Chief Peter J. Sicardi, lifetime member of the Executive Board of the International Association of Chiefs of Police. Tonight, the Award of Valor goes to motorcycle patrolman Robert A. Barons of the Cleveland, Ohio Police Department. While on patrol duty... Barron spotted smoke and flames leaping from a neighboring house. Rushing to the scene of the fire, he attempted to enter the front door and two side entrances, but each time he was driven back by the fire. But in spite of the flames, and at the risk of his life, he finally forced entrance through the rear door, and he was able to save the lives of the entire family. To you, Patrolman Robert A. Barron's, for your outstanding heroism and unselfish devotion to duty, goes $100 and this week's Lever Brothers Award of Valor. And to the entire police department of Cleveland, Ohio, under the able direction of Chief George J. Matowitz, goes the Lever Brothers' plaque of honor for their unfailing efforts in protecting the people of their community. Call the Police stars Joseph Julian as Bill Grant and Joan Tompkins as Libby. I never realized why Pete would never go to lunch with me until I happened to overhear that whisper. You can't like a man with B.O. Stop those whispers. Take a daily bath with Life Boy. Life Boy is the only soap especially made to stop B.O. Scientific tests prove that a daily bath with Life Boy helps build up increasingly better protection against B.O. Play safe. Bathe with Life Boy. You don't want people to whisper B.O. Get Life Boy. <laughs> Be sure to be with us next Tuesday night when Lever Brothers Company, the makers of Rinso, bring you another exciting, realistic police case. Next week, The Case of the Kidnapped Killers. Tonight's script was written by Peter Barry. Music was composed and conducted by Ben Ludlow, J. Sims speaking. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.
Welcome back. Well, this one uh, had kind of a nice twist ending with the uh, servant as the guilty party. Uh, psychology gets kind of, uh, criminal psychology kind of gets tweaked here, um, interestingly enough. I did love the Life Boy commercials. Uh, with that B.O. That's just classic, you know. I wish Clippercraft had ads like that. Obviously not with the B.O., but, you know, something that uh, memorable. That, you know, there's some ads like Clippercraft that uh, I'm not big fans of, but Life Boy, oh, they're, they're very good. All right, well, that'll do it for us today. Join us on uh, Wednesday for uh, Let George Do It, and then join us back here on Tuesday for Call the Police. In the meanwhile, send your comments, Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and fill out our listener survey, survey.greatdetectives.net. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.